You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. No balls, two strikes, two out. Urias to Adamas. Call strike three! The Dodgers win! Finally, the wait is over. The Dodgers are the champions of 2020. In a year like no other, we're joined. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski and Ryan Horvat on the BetQL Audio Network. Championship season begins today. Happy opening day. It is April 1st, 2021. Uh, we do have some postponements, but that's okay. That is to be expected, and maybe we'll hear some more uh, later on in the, in the day. But the big news is, isn't about the quality of baseball you're going to see today isn't about getting every single game in action, right? It's about the fact that baseball is back in our lives every single day. It's Joe Ostrowski, Ryan Horvat. This is BetQL Daily on the BetQL Audio Network. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at BetQL Daily and uh, follow our guest on Twitter at Mark A. Simon Says. He's Mark Simon from Sports Info Solutions. Mark, uh, how are you going to be spending your opening day? <laughs> Sitting in an office chair, uh, TV about 15, 20 feet away, uh, going from one game to the next. Uh, I imagine that that will occupy the better part of the next 12 hours for me. (laughs) There you go. Perfect. I I was looking at uh, your Twitter from the other day, and I love it because as we bring on so many um, different baseball analysts or betters and all that, uh, I I think I've heard that Jacob deGrom is going to be the Cy Young Award winner about – 57 times over the last month. And that's the easy thing to do. What I love is you threw out some options for some sleepers. Uh, Can you explain to our audience what you believe qualifies as, as a sleeper for the Cy Young Award? So I worked on baseball tonight for a long time, and we always did sleeper uh, MVP, sleeper Cy Young at the start of the season. And I would get frustrated with the uh, former players that would come on, and their sleeper would be the guy that was like fifth place in the MVP voting <laughs> the previous right. year. And I don't think that that's fair. I think that if you're going to call someone a sleeper, you do it uh, because they're way, way down there. And they're the guy that you would never expect. And uh, sometimes you hit with that and sometimes you miss. And I'll give you the one that I hit. Just It was a random uh, choice, but it was Ubaldo Jimenez a few years ago. I thought that he would win the National League Cy Young. And that's a, kind of a, a bit of a foolish pick to, to take a guy from Colorado. But sure enough, he made the jump over a two-year period from a guy with a four ERA to a, to a three and a half to a 2-9, uh, and he was close. He got very close. He finished third. Um, to me, that's a, a Cy Young sleeper kind of pick. So my rule when I do him for the upcoming season is I say the guy could not have ever gotten a Cy Young vote previously. 
Perfect. So, it, but can you uh, can you go over uh, some of the plays that you do like for the AL and NL? Yeah, sure. Um, so I made a pick, and then someone else made a pick after I did in response uh, to my tweet, and I felt better about theirs than I felt about mine. The guy okay. that I put down for mine was Kev- uh, for mine was Kevin Gossman uh, of the San Francisco Giants, figuring that he's in a what is normally not last year, but normally a pitching friendly park, considering that. He closed the season very strong. He averaged 12 strikeouts per nine innings. He averaged two and a half walks per nine innings. That's a five to one ratio. I would take a guy with a five to one ratio uh, every day of the week. Uh, he allowed a few home runs. He allowed eight and 59 innings. But a lot of guys allow a lot of home runs these days. Uh, and he's someone who at times has looked very good. And if you remember in the early part of his career, he was touted as a guy who could be a Cy Young candidate, but he never received a Cy Young vote. The guy that I realized after the fact was probably a better selection that someone alerted me to on Twitter was Luis Castillo of the Cincinnati Reds. And I'm right mm-hmm. in that he never got, yeah, he never got a Cy Young pick before. He never, he never received a Cy Young vote. He looked at times like he was going to be in the running for it the last two years. He finished with the areas of 3-4 and 3-2. He's another guy who's dynamite, strikes at 11 per nine innings. A lot of guys do these days. Uh, his K to walk, not as good as Gossman's, 3-7, 3-1, 3-7 to 1. Uh, he's someone who's durable. He's pitched as much as 190 innings in a season. He's someone I, I could see as a very reasonable choice for something like that, stepping into like the ace role and, and becoming, uh, becoming the guy and contending his fifth last year was two six five, which would, I think would tell you that, that he's a pretty good pitcher. Mark, where do you see value as far as the MVP award in both the American League and National <laughs> value, and then maybe some super picks as well? Much, much. Okay, that's much, much, much harder because it felt like everyone and his his mom got a, a MVP pick last year. And I think I actually didn't even do MVP when I was trying to do this on Twitter. By the way, I, I didn't mention my AL guy was Christian Javier of the Astros just because I was looking for a young arm, uh, a guy on, on who was going to be on a good team, his team was going to score a lot of runs from, uh, and who impressed uh, later in the year, postseason, et cetera. Boy, MVP, uh, I think in the – so I play a like a predictions game, and I think I put Will Myers as my NL guy, just thinking that by the fact that he's going to be in, in such a really strong lineup uh, with Tatis, uh, and with the other guys that the Padres have, that he was he had a chance to rack up 110, 120 runs batted in. He did get MVP votes last year, but he finished 16th. So I feel like that one's not a, a necessarily a bad pick. Um, other than that, I mean, would I don't think so, would, would someone like Vlad Jr. count or Bo Bichette if the Blue Jays were to really launch this year and win 90, 95 games, which I don't predict that they're going to do. Uh, yeah. If you think someone like that would count, then I guess I could see someone like that uh, being a good pick on the American League side. You got to look for someone who's on a team that could really, I guess, elevate this year. Like the Padres could elevate to a 100, 105 win team. Blue Jays, in theory, could elevate to a, to a really good team uh, to that 90, 95 win total if everything was to break right for them. Uh, so I guess that's where it would be for me uh, with them this season. BetQL Daily, Joe Ostrowski and Ryan Horvat. Our guest is Mark Simon from Sports Info Solutions. And uh, you you led us to the Blue Jays with your response there, Mark. And I, I know you predicted them to be a 500 team. Every time we talk to a bookmaker, 
out in Las Vegas or one of the legal sports books, they say the public team this year in the American League, people can't get enough of betting on the Blue Jays to win the World Series. Uh, why do you think uh, that the Blue Jays will be hanging around 500? They're not going to quite uh, get to that next level next. So I should point out that I don't bet sports uh, per, uh, at all other than Fantasy League. But sure. I do talk to plenty of people who do. And uh, Chris Felica used to always say this, uh, Chris <laughs> Felica at ESPN the bear. He always used to say that there would be one or two teams a year that the public would jump on and would get super excited about. And then when you would actually look at the data, when you would look at what the team had going into the season, you would say, what's going on here? This is a case of overhype. Uh, And I felt like the Blue Jays were somewhat of a case of overhype this year for this reason. You are going to need 1,440 innings to get through a major league baseball season in 2021. I don't see where the quality in those innings is for the Blue Jays this season. They've got it at the top of the rotation with a guy who has an injury history and reuse, certainly. Uh, You thought that Nate Pearson was going to be a number two. He's already hurt. He's got a strained groin. He's had other injury issues in the past. Beyond that, the rest of their starting rotation is very, very, very shaky. And they're in the AL East, which means that they have to pitch a lot of games in New York. They have to pitch games in Boston. They have to pitch games in Baltimore this year. Those games are not going to be fun for them. Uh, They're going to struggle to get through those games. They're going to use up a lot of guys to get to those 1,440 innings, and they're going to use up a lot of replacement level-ish type talent. I know they've got some good young guys coming through the system, but they're going to use some guys that are going to pitch some very ugly innings. And I just felt like, and I know that I've seen a couple of people that agreed with me on this, that they're going to play a lot of high-scoring games this year, and I just feel like at the end of those games, not necessarily everything's going to go right for them. So, Mark, you got the Blue Jays and then the White Sox in the American League, and they're very hyped up. The public loves them. Everybody expects big things. And then the Padres as well in the National League are a very popular team. Who are maybe some teams that maybe maybe we're sleeping on? Maybe, you know, while we're looking at the White Sox and the Padres, maybe we should be paying attention to these teams that are, you know, going to be uh, World Series title contenders. So I'll give you one that I guess I I was kind of regretting uh, after I I put the number down for them. I think I put Cleveland 84, Mm. and I'm not as confident in that today. It was like two days ago. But I still think like they have the makings of a pretty good team. I understand that there's a major loss uh, when you go from Francisco Lindor to Jimenez and Rosario, but I think Jimenez is better than expected. Jose Ramirez is a superstar. They got, they have good players. They might not necessarily have great players, but they have a bunch of good players on their roster, like a, a friend, Mel Reyes and Eddie Rosario. Those are, are good players. Ed, uh, Cesar Hernandez won a gold glove last year. Roberto Perez, best defensive catcher in baseball. And I think their pitching is going to be better than what, the numbers say. I think Tristan McKenzie showed uh, last year that he could be pretty good. Uh, Plesek and Savali also behind Bieber. I would feel confident in that. Uh, and then they've got Karinchek at the end of the game. Whitgren, who pitched very well uh, in the past. Oliver Perez, who's as good of a, a lefty short guy as there is. Weird talking about him still all these years later. Uh, so I put them at 84 wins, which I was a little uncertain of, but I'm, it's my number. I'm sticking with it. Uh, so that would be one, I guess, in the American League. 
National League, I just feel like the NL Central is stronger, a little stronger at the top than people give it credit for. I feel like the Cardinals and Brewers are going to battle it out throughout the year. Uh, mm-hmm. And that the Cubs are a little bit better than the 78, 79 wins that I've seen some people uh, predict for them. They still have some good leftovers from the, the teams that were uh, contending and the team that won the World Series in 2016. I think there's motivation for Rizzo and Bryant and Javier Baez and those guys to show uh, that they're not on the downslide yet. But this is a team that, that's still going to be pretty good. And Baez had a, has a, a long way back to climb up the hill. Uh, but he's, he's young. I think he's going to be a very good player uh, in the future. I think he's going to be a good player this year. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Uh, with Mark Simon, Sports Info Solutions, this is BetQL Daily, Joe Ostrowski and Ryan Horvat. Uh, Mark, how are you, as a data guy, how are you handling what we saw uh, in the 60-game sample? We, we saw a lot of all-star caliber players, some former MVPs, that really struggled. And uh, we preached sample size, and it was only 60 games. Are you expecting mostly bounce backs, majority bounce backs? Uh, in, in your projections, how are you looking at it? So Javier Baez, Lindor, uh, the younger guys, there were a lot of guys, particularly it seemed like in the NL Central, uh, that struggled. If you're 27, 26, 25, and you had a bad 60 games last year, I feel pretty confident that you're going to revert back to something closer to your actual form in within the regimen of a 162-game season. And I think that it's it can happen that a guy could have a, a bad 60 games. I can't see, what was it? Would it buy his hit like 205? I can't see Lindor hitting 258 over yeah. a 162 game season. The, the thing that, that came up to uh, specifically with Lindor was that if you looked at the expecteds for him, the expecteds were much closer to what he had done in the past. And it just made me think, all right, 60 games, a line drive caught here, a fly ball caught at the warning track there. It happens. The the numbers could have come up with, you know, four or five more hits. So I'm not worried about it with, like, the younger guys. I think with, like, the, what are we thinking, like, the Joey Vados were the older guys. Uh, I think what you may have seen 
may be closer to what they are right now. I think that's just natural to say that that age would be the impacting thing here. Votto hit 226 last season, did still have the good batting eye, uh, 354 on base. But I think that that's uh, what I would say. When when you look at trying to figure out what a guy is going to be, you're obviously looking for those sweet spot of seasons, right? Like age 25 to like age 28 is like peak form. Uh, when you're talking about trying to project a guy's 35-36, I just build a fantasy league team full of guys that were 32, 33, 34. Uh, I, I think you want to be, be a little bit more wary, a lot more wary, to be honest. Mark, when you're trying to look at potential World Series winners, the National League's kind of easy to figure out because the Dodgers are going to be so good. And then you got some teams that, you know, you got the Braves, you got the Padres, you got the Mets who are going to be contenders. I feel like the American League is a little harder to figure out. Obviously, we all expect the Yankees to be good, the White Sox. On uh, about 60 seconds or less, who do you think gives the um, the Yankees their best, uh, the best threat in the American League to reach the World Series? So I put the White Sox as losing to the Yankees in the American League Championship Series. And I just feel like they're pretty stacked, uh, both lineup-wise and pitching-wise at the top. And I think you could see Jolito, Keiko, Lynn give the Yankees considerable trouble in a a seven-game series. Keiko has done it to the Yankees in the past. Uh, Jolito looks like he's going to step into the ace kind of expectation that we had for him maybe two or three years ago. And Lance Lynn was a really good get for the White Sox uh, to beef up the team and put them in a, in a better position this year. They, I'll give Reinstorf credit. He went and got the manager. He went and got the starting <laughs> pitcher. Uh, they, they had rookie backup for Eloy with him getting hurt with, they're going to give Andrew Vaughn the shot. They got, the, they got a new closer. Uh, they, they went and got the best closer that was out there. Uh, good for them taking their shot at it. And that's Mark Simon, Sports Info Solutions. Looking forward to talking to him. Hopefully, we can do that again uh, throughout the baseball season. Terrific information there. Joe Ostrowski, Ryan Horvat coming up next. How about today's MLB card? We'll go over some of our top looks on the MLB audio. No, you have a bad QL audio now.